in the last couple of podcasts i have talked about the mental health issues depression and uh, how through meditation mindfulness in particular how you can deal with these challenges so let's go a bit deeper in that when we talk about meditation essentially we are talking about some kind of spirituality and as we enter this sphere one of the challenges we find is that of consciousness what is it what are we exactly what is this idea of self and uh, you may wonder that consciousness can be understood in different ways through scientific terms there are scientific explanations for that although not one particular answer there are multiple answers in science and then there are religious answers of course and then there is spiritual inquiry which certain philosophers and spiritual gurus if i may use the term they use so today i'm going to see the idea of consciousness through the lens of spirituality i'm going to be reading from jiddu krishnamurti's works he was a philosopher as most of you would be aware and a very good writer at that so i'm going to be reading the idea of consciousness what he thought from his book called freedom from the known and uh, i don't think i can explain his ideas in my words because there are a lot of nuances and i'm afraid i would miss them so therefore i'm going to read it from one chapter and the chapter is on consciousness itself so here we go when you become aware of your conditioning you will understand the whole of your consciousness consciousness is the total field in which thought functions and relationships exist all motives intentions desires pleasures fear inspirations longings hopes sorrows joys are in that field but we have come to divide this consciousness into the active and the dormant the upper and lower levels that is all the daily thoughts feelings and activities on the surface and below them the so called subconscious the things with which we are not familiar which express themselves occasionally through certain intimations intuitions and dreams we are occupied with one little corner of consciousness which is most of our life the rest which we call the subconscious with all its motives its fears its racial and inherited qualities we do not even know how to get into now i'm asking you is there such a thing as the subconscious at all we use that word very freely we have accepted that there is such a thing and all the phrases and jargon of the analysts and psychologists have seeped into the language but is there such a thing 
And why is it that we give such extraordinary importance to it? It seems to me that is it is as trivial and stupid as the conscious mind, as narrow, bigoted, conditioned, anxious and tawdry. So, is it possible to be totally aware of the whole field of consciousness and not merely a part of fragment of it? If you are able to be aware of the totality, then you are functioning all the time with your total attention, not partial attention. This is important to understand because when you are being totally aware of the whole field of consciousness, there is no friction. It is only when you divide consciousness, which is all thought, feeling and action into different levels, that there is friction. We live in fragments. You are one thing at the office, another at home. You talk about democracy and in your heart, you are autocratic. You talk about loving your neighbors, yet kill him with competition. There is one part of you working, looking independently of the other. Are you aware of this fragmentary ex existence in yourself? And is it possible for a brain that has broken up its own functioning, its own thinking into fragments, is it possible for such a brain to be aware of the whole field? Is it possible to look at the whole of consciousness completely, totally, which means to be a total human being? If, in order to try to understand the whole structure of the me, the self, with all its extraordinary complexity, you go step by step, uncovering layer by layer, examining every thought, feeling and motive. You will get caught up in the analytical process which may take you weeks, months, years. And when you admit time into the process of understanding yourself, you must allow for every form of distortion because the self is a complex entity moving, living, struggling, wanting, denying, with pressures and stresses and influences of all sorts continually at work on it. So you will discover for yourself that this is not the way. You will understand that the only way to look at yourself is totally, immediately, without time. And you can see the totality of yourself only when the mind is not fragmented. What you see in totality is the truth. Now, can you do that? Most of us cannot because most of us have never approached this problem so seriously because we have never really looked at ourselves. Never. We blame others, we explain things away or we are frightened to look. But when you look totally, you will give your whole attention, your whole being, everything of yourself, your eyes, your ears, your nerves. You will attend with complete self-abandonment and there is no room for fear, no room for contradiction and therefore no conflict. Attention is not the same thing as concentration. Concentration is exclusion. Attention, which is total awareness, excludes nothing. It seems to me that most of us are not aware, not only of what we are talking about, but of our environment, 
the colors around us, the people, the shape of the trees, the clouds, the movement of water. Perhaps it is because we are so concerned with ourselves, with our own petty little problems, our own ideas, our own pleasures, pursuits and ambitions that we are not objectively aware. And yet we talk a great deal about awareness. Once in India, I was traveling in a car. There was a chauffeur driving and I was sitting beside him. There were three gentlemen behind discussing awareness very intently and asking me questions about awareness. And unfortunately at that moment the driver was looking somewhere else and he ran over a goat. And the three gentlemen were still discussing awareness, totally unaware, unaware that they had run over a goat. When this lack of attention was pointed out to those gentlemen, they were trying to be aware it was a great surprise to them. And uh, with most of us, it is the same. We are not aware of outward things or of inward things. If you want to understand the beauty of a bird, a fly or a leaf or a person with all his complexities, you have to give your whole attention, which is awareness. And you can give your whole attention only when you care, which means that you really love to understand. Then you give your whole heart and mind to find out. Such awareness is like living with a snake in the room. You watch its every movement. You are very, very sensitive to the slightest sound it makes. Such a state of attention is total energy. In such awareness, the totality of yourself is revealed in an instant. When you have looked at yourself so deeply, you can go much deeper. When we use the word deeper, we are not being comparative. We think in comparisons, deep and shallow, happy and unhappy. We are always measuring, comparing. Now, is there such a state as the shallow and the deep in oneself? When I say my mind is shallow, petty, narrow, limited, how do I know all these things? Because I have compared my mind with your mind, which is brighter, has more capacities, more intelligent and alert. Do I know my pettiness without comparison? When I am hungry, I do not compare that hunger with yesterday's hunger. Yesterday's hunger is an idea, a memory. If I am all the time measuring myself against you, struggling to be like you, then I am denying what I am myself. Therefore, I am creating an illusion. When I have understood that comparison in any form leads only to greater illusion and greater misery, just as when I analyze myself, add to my knowledge of myself bit by bit or identify myself with something outside myself, whether it be the state, a savior or an ideology, when I understand that all such processes lead only to greater conformity and therefore greater conflict, when I see all this, I put it completely away. Then my mind is no longer seeking. It is very important to understand this. Then my mind is no longer groping, searching, questioning. This does not mean that my mind is satisfied with things as they are. But such a mind has no illusion.
such a mind can then move in a totally different dimension the dimension in which we usually live the life of every day which is pain pleasure and fear has conditioned the mind limited the nature of the mind and when that pain pleasure and fear have gone then the mind functions in a different dimension in which there is no conflict no sense of otherness verbally we can only go so far what lies beyond cannot be put into words because the words is not the thing up to now we can describe explain but no words or explanations can open the door what will open the door is daily awareness and attention awareness of how we speak what we say how we walk what we think it is like cleaning a room and keeping it in order keeping the room in order is important in one sense but totally unimportant in another there must be order in the room but uh, order will not open the door or the window what will open the door is not your volition or desire you cannot possibly invite the other all that you can do is to keep the room in order which is to be virtuous for itself not for what it will bring to be sane rational orderly then perhaps if you are lucky the window will open and the breeze will come in or it may not it depends on the state of your mind and that state of mind can be understood only by yourself by watching it and never trying to shape it never taking sides never opposing never agreeing never justifying never condemning never judging which means watching it without any choice and uh, out of this choiceless awareness perhaps the door will open and you will know what that dimension is in and where there is no conflict and no time